0: Renee from packyourownbag.com, her mission is to help others who struggle with their weight. I know a lot of my listeners struggle with their weight and always look to um, maybe stress eating or emotional eating to through themselves. But no diet, exercise, routine, or magic diet potion can counter the effects when we've stuffed down our feelings and followed it with a food chaser, right? So we have to heal our hearts. When we face our stuff, we no longer need to stuff our faces. This is great wisdom for Monet. Listening to hear some other tips to prevent myeless snacking and how the acronym HANG, H-A-N-G, can stop emotional eating in its tracks. So Renee, thank you so much for joining me today. I, um, I was reading on your website, reading about you, and I'm super excited to get to know you and hear your story today. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome. So maybe we could first start with um, telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Well, um,
1: I always say I spent 40 years on the diet yo-yo. My first diet was when I was 10 years old, and please don't rag on my mother bless her, she thought she was gonna be helping me by helping me figure it out before I got through the teenage years. And unfortunately, she wasn't very good at it either. And I come from a, a family of chronic dieting women, so it just kept going and I'd get so frustrated because I think, oh, this one will work, this'll be great, and I, would, I might lose 30 pounds. But then I'd gain it back and sometimes more. So it, it just got to be incredibly frustrating to always be the fat kid. And you know, I was never never incredibly obese, but I was definitely I mean, I'm only five foot three. There's only so much weight you can put on this little body, right? right. So and you know, all the cute little cheerleaders and their boyfriends and of course that may have been influenced by the fact that my father was the high school principal. That didn't help, (laughs) but you know, it just, it became an issue for me. So I just went through it over and over and over again. And when I was about to turn 50, it was New Year's Eve, and I thought, this is my last chance. If I don't get it done this year, it's never gonna happen. So I made my New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose the weight this year before my 50th birthday. And um, two weeks later, I started again. And the first of February, I started again, March. And by April, I needed a bigger size. I just couldn't stay with it. And most of it was because, you know, I was taught that if you're upset, you eat. This is how we soothe ourselves. When we're frustrated, stressed, any of that, go get something to eat, it'll make you feel better. <sighs> which what kept, is what kept me going again and again on that diet yo-yo. So finally, when I got to May, I thought, okay, uh, you know, you don't have much time left. Let's figure something out. And I ran across this video of a, of a coach and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if, if I could do this. And I, went, I, I tried her program, and I thought, this is really good material. And then I hired her as my coach, because I thought, There's, I've already shown at least four months' worth of time that I can't do this by myself. I mean, I can follow a diet for a little while, and then away it goes. Mm-hmm. So I hired her, and she worked with me. And it not, wasn't just the accountability, which was really helpful and works well for me, But we talked about the emotional stuff. We talked about the foods that would always trip me up and why they would trip me up. And to make the long story short, the week before my 50th birthday, I hit my goal weight.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And I've
1: been there since 2012. And I actually kept working with her because I thought, okay, we've got this off. What else can we get rid of? Because let's just deal with all of
0: this stuff. Right. So right. she was really helpful for me. Oh, wow. So would you, consider, would you consider that your superpower? Would you consider, you know, kind of getting a hold and an understanding of emotional eating? I think
1: it could be. Yes. Because, you know, my, my idea is that if we heal our heart, nothing can stop us. So I just, I mean, yes, it's about diet and weight loss and all the rest of it, but as much as anything, it's about healing your heart so
0: that you are then able to make good choices for yourself. I love that. So, so what does that look like? What are some of the things that you had to go through to heal your heart to kind of address the emotional eating?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just going back and looking at the stuff that we carry with us, the baggage we drag with us for decades. Because either we can't figure out how to resolve it in our minds, or there's nothing we can do about it. And then we have to find how do we make peace with that. So what right. I typically do is, is particularly talk to people about, okay, what's the food that trips you up? When did you first have that food? Who gave it to you? What were the circumstances going on? And once we have those pieces, then we can unwind it. I had this one client and she was so deep into her stuff and so wounded and she was sharing the tender stuff and we were looking at the food that was with it and what was going on and she was trying to avoid feeling the stuff. And what I said is you're stuffing down your feelings and following it with a food chaser. Uh. So what if we just feel the feelings? What if we just let that be? And that was like instantaneous. She was like, oh, you mean I can feel my feelings? Yeah, that's what they're very, but let them be like a river. You know, you watch them go by, you can swim in it if you want to, but you do not become a reservoir of all of that stuff
0: because that's what's getting you into trouble. Interesting, interesting. So so what are some concrete tips, like if someone, you know, doesn't have a coach and feels like they are doing, especially with the pandemic and everything going on, I feel like now, especially people are really focused on emotional yes. eating or stress eating, like to relieve stress and comfort themselves. What are some, some tips that um, people could take?
1: Well, one of the first things that I, I often teach is an acronym. And I say, it's not hard to get free of emotional eating. You just have to get the hang of it. And hang is the acronym. H, are you hungry? Because if you're hungry, you may need to eat something. But if you're not hungry, then you go to the A. What is the attraction to food? What is it about that food that is drawing you in? And then the N is need. What is it you actually need? Because you may need, you know, a hug. You may need to walk the dog, or play with the cat, or just vegetate for a minute, relax and breathe, and then go. Go get that, because that will soothe you more than any food ever could. So that that's one thing that I teach. Um, I often teach. It's easy if you shut the kitchen at a certain time, right after dinner, six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever time you have dinner. After that, the kitchen's closed. We don't eat after the kitchen is closed.
0: Mm, I like and that. Thinking
1: of it that way is really helpful.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So so when it comes to, you know, your own self-care and wellness routine, and, and you know, you've been following this for a while, what's a non-negotiable for you? Like, what is a, a you know, there, there's no, no holds barred. This is a must in my life for my wellness and self-care.
1: I walk the dog in the morning, every morning. We walk at least 35, 45 minutes on a, you know, unless it's chucking it down with rain or lightning right <laughs> but we walk every mo- there are people who wave to me and then see me in the grocery store and say do you walk a dog on oh, yeah, so every morning we walk usually three four miles it depends she's getting older so we're having to cut it back a little bit but that walk awesome. is essential even when we travel i go for a walk
0: that's awesome. I love that. I love that. And what um, are there any like recent or current books or podcasts you could recommend? And it could be health related, business related, anything.
1: Uh, well, I tell you, one of the books that really started me off uh, was uh, Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Oh, it's a book about habit change. And I used one of her um, strategies. For getting off sugar, and now I'm I'm off it completely, you know, except if I'm in, with my mother-in-law or something. Um, and it's just impolite to say no. You know, you gotta you gotta be flexible with some things. But um, her one of her strategies is I only do blank on this day. So I only had sugar on Sundays. And the first week, I was standing in the pantry on Wednesday, staring down the chocolate chips, saying. I only have sugar on Sundays. (laughs) But after about 10 days, it was easy because I got that taste out of my mouth. And then I began to realize, did you know that almonds are sweet? (laughs) I had no idea. my sense of sweet was so different. And then, you know, I I went on for a little bit. And um, after about a month, I, I have this group that I work with on a Sunday afternoon and I thought, right, I'll have my, my sweet and I'll have a cup of tea and then I'll go to the group. And it's about half an hour over there. I hit the door and I was flying. It was amazing. And they, they were like, are you okay? I said, yes, I just have lots of energy. I think it's the sugar. I love it. But then I, I began to realize that sugar has a funky, thing, a coating on my tongue, and I don't really like that, so I pretty much stay away from
0: it now, because
1: why would I want to be, yeah, why would I want to be captured by how your palate changes as you, uh, yeah,
0: in a very short time, interesting, interesting, I love that, Um, so I would love to understand a little bit more, so your website's called packyourownbag.com, right, I would love to um, get some insight into how you came up with that name. Well,
1: I think our bags often get packed for us just through life experiences, relationships. You know, our parents tell you you're this kind of person and you need to live like this kind of person. And then you grow up and you think, well, no, I'm not sure I am that kind of person. I may be some, but so my idea is sometimes we have to unpack the baggage that we've collected on the, along the way so we can then pack our own bag for the journey we
0: want to be on rather than the one we stumbled into. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. And is there any certain mantra or quote that you live by that you kind of turn to each day? Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, I'd like to do two of those. One, my mantra, particularly when I was losing my weight, was face your stuff, don't stuff your face. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, because it... Anytime I would be gravitating, I was like, no, what's going on? What do you need to deal with? Food is not going to solve this problem for you. So what do you need? And then I think one of my favorite quotes is by St. Catherine of Siena. And it is, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world
0: on fire. Oh, I like that one. That's, a good That's one. an awesome one. That's a really great quote. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So tell me where people, well, actually, before I turn to where people can learn more about you, I have one more question for you. Um, in your list of interview questions, you have, how do you help people navigate a snack-filled home? So a lot of my listeners are moms. They have families. Like my kids are trying to gain weight. I am trying to lose weight. So of course, Doritos, ice cream, you know, everybody can have everything in the house. How do you navigate when you have other people you live with who have foods that they could have but you don't particularly want to?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Several options there. One is to recognize it's not your food. It was bought for them. It's not yours. So you'd be stealing and you don't want to do that. Um, Another good thing is to have uh, opaque containers in the pantry but not at your eye level either above or below, because out of sight, out of mind, works wonders. Or you can have a particular cupboard that is only for that stuff, and you never go there. So finding ways and to, to keep yourself from theirs, but also find foods that you like, that are good for you, that are just as colorful and just as indulgent in a healthy way that will help you. Enjoy yours. Because here's the thing. So often we just kind of swallow things whole. Whereas if we just kind of sit down, enjoy it, take the time, put it on a plate, use utensils
0: rather than just eating it over the sink, out of the can, whatever. Or I tell people, put your phone down. Don't do other things while you're eating, right? We're all on our phones as we're eating, as we're doing other things. Totally. Yeah, the, the phone doesn't get to come to the table. That's, that's just
1: not a healthy way of doing it. And what I often say is, if you have a craving that you just can't say no to, give that food the same honor you're giving the craving. At least enjoy it. Right? Yeah. Opa told a story years ago about going to France, and she bought two croissants because she knew she would swallow the first one whole, and she wanted the second one so she could enjoy it. And I thought, well, if you just kind of enjoyed the f- first one, and I was thinking, yes, Renee, and your grandmother's pie, you did that more than once. You just swallow it, and then you think, what well, did I did I have that pie? I thought I had pie. Yeah, but but taking the time to chew it, get the mouth feel, because that's often what we want is just how it feels in our mouth, you know squeeze every bit of flavor out of that food
0: so that you can truly enjoy it yes yes i totally agree and i think a lot of times we either eat mindlessly or eat so fast that you're not you're not even to up, recognize that you're full yeah you know, that you're you're done you just like you just want to keep eating until it's gone um so no, that's a great one that's a great one and then do. 20 <laughs> minutes 20 minutes later you realize oh i'm over full now yeah and then you want to you're like what did i do that? <laughs> So, you're so uncomfortable. It's like, why?
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, that often happens, Allison, is we start beating up on ourselves for overdoing it. I knew not to do that. I just didn't have to. I, uh. And what that does is it begins that cycle again because now you're upset and you want something to soothe you so you go get more food and you feel worse. Yep. and all—I mean, this this thing of putting something in our mouth to soothe us comes from birth. Right? When a baby cries, what do we do? It's in its mouth. <laughs> yeah, it could be the bottle, it could be the breast, or a pacifier, or your finger if you got nothing else, because we know that soothes them. So it is a natural response. But we're adults now. We've got to actually say, "Okay, I
0: don't need that." I can do something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So tell us where people can learn more about you. If they want to connect with you, get more of your tips, where can they find you? They can find me at packyourownbag.com. Um,
1: Facebook is Pack Your Own Bag. Instagram is Pack Your Own Bag. We're just
0: packing the bags. <laughs> I love it. And I will definitely include links to those in the show notes as well. So they're easily accessible. But I want to thank you so much for sharing your tips and your stories and your insight. It's been awesome. I love I love learning about emotional eating and and everything that's tied with it. Thank you very much for having me.